What is up, guys? Williams here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Okay, earlier on Tuesday, I actually recorded this for the KXNO radio show, but I thought after the fact that a lot of our Cyclone Fanatic fans would really appreciate the work of Pete Mundo from HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We've been friends for a long time. We've done a lot of great work together over the years. Uh, Pete and I uh, got pretty deep into Big 12 stuff here. Um, everything from Kansas's new coach, what we think about that. I love the hire. I think it's really strong uh, what they're doing down there. All the way to Oklahoma. Could Oklahoma be historically good this year? We'll talk about that. And then um, where Iowa State fits in with everything. I I think that uh, you guys will enjoy this. Again, this is from my radio show on Tuesday. So I hope you enjoy it uh, here on the Psych 1 Fanatic Podcast Network. Fired up to bring on my friend Pete Mundo from HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We've had him on before. We talk a lot of Big 12. Always a good time. And I, so Pete, like, I don't know. Pete's located down in Kansas City. I don't know how I missed it, but I I, I kind of took a sabbatical at the end of last week, and I didn't really pay attention to much over the weekend and whatnot. And I totally missed the Lance Leopold news uh, going to Kansas. And I got to tell you, I love the hire. I, I I think that he is the absolute perfect man to rebuild Kansas football. This guy, is a, he's one who I've followed for a really long time. Um, I actually have a friend who played for him in like D3. He, it, I, it, it's a little scary, I think, for Kansas fans because of the Turner Gill thing not that long ago. But that's just me. I, I think he, if Campbell would have left Iowa State in the offseason, he's the guy I would have been pushing for in Ames. I, I love this hire. What kind of a response has it gotten down where you're from? And what do you personally think? Well, I would say the response is basically, let's see. I mean, when you're taking over, Chris, and it's always good to be with you, when you're taking over the worst program in the Power Five and arguably what would be the biggest turnaround if he can do it since Bill Snyder 35 years ago at Kansas State. Like, I don't think anyone's jumping for joy, but I do agree where this is not Turner Gill. Like, if you go back, Turner Gill – before he was hired at Kansas was 20 and 30 at Buffalo as a head coach and 14 and 18 in the Mac. I mean, that's, 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 he had two seasons in the Mac where he went five and three in conference play. And that was good enough for first place um, in his division there. So like he was not good as a head coach, Lance Leopold, totally different beast at 37 and 36 in his six seasons, but he led them to a Mac title game in 2018. And then again, this past year. So he's, He's led them to the top, and he's had much more success. You go back to his time in, in uh, Division Three, and he went a crazy 109-6 and six as a head coach yeah. at Wisconsin Whitewater. So, I mean, totally different. I think it's in many ways a Chris Kleiman model, a guy who's had a lot of success at a lower level of football and just uh, basically making the approach and making the hire based off of football is football, where whatever the level is, and this is the guy that is going to rebuild it. Now, I would have gone. I like Jeff Monken at Army uh, because I thought, all right, this is a crazy difficult job. At least give the rest of the Big 12 a triple option look once a year that they never see. You pick off a couple extra wins. You start rebuilding that program. It's different. It's unique. Uh, nobody ever sees it. I mean, Army almost beat OU a couple of years back, if you recall that game in September. So, I like that approach, and I thought Jeff Monken is a leader of men who could do it. 
But I'm not upset with this move. I just thought that Monken would have been a better fit for what Kansas really needs to do. I, I won't lie. I, I won't lie. I had the same take when when Miles got fired. Monken was the guy I kept throwing out there. I thought that they should go triple option and just change it up. Do like a little bit of Georgia Tech, Paul Johnson back. They almost, you know, they went to a BCS game um, doing that. Uh, I agree with that. That's a great take. If they didn't get, I, I didn't think Leopold would go. Like I, that's how little I thought of this Kansas job, especially taking it in May. Uh, it's a little bit of a career suicide type thing, really. But the it, for a guy like you though, who's more into this, there, there, it's in a better spot than say when David Beatty got it right because the scholarships are in order now. Um, it, it, right, like this is a more manageable situation than even when Les Miles got it. Correct. Yeah, I would say it is um, just from a number standpoint. But, I mean, you still have no idea who's playing quarterback for this team. None whatsoever. You got a transfer out of North Texas who might have some potential. But once again, does that fit Lance Leopold's plan? I I don't know. He's supposedly going to be bringing seven guys uh, with him from Buffalo. But what's tricky, too, is that the interim head coach is a guy named Emmett Jones. And um, he has been running spring ball. He's been a great recruiter for this team. He recruited most of this past class and uh, the past two classes, really. A lot of the Texas guys are Emmett Jones guys, so I hope they keep him around. Um, I I just don't know what the fits are. Is it in a better place? I guess, but what does that really mean for Kansas football going on the past 10 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com joins us here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. NFL draft was last weekend. The Big 12 had an atrocious first round. Uh, Didn't have a single player taken. Uh, That's not where I wanted to go, though, Um, because I was looking at next year, and it's just fascinating to me. Uh, If you look at any mock draft out there right now, Pete, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma is number one. He's, listen, and and, and I'm not going to judge him after last year. It was a COVID year. Uh, He took him to the Big 12 championship. Some people think that they should have, you know, been in the college football playoff. Okay, I'm not going to judge him off of that. I'm just wondering, let's say he goes number one. That would be, uh, okay, so you got Baker, you got Kyler Murray. Um, am I missing anybody else? And then Spencer Rattler, yeah, would be. Nope. Yeah. All number th- number one picks under Lincoln Riley. And if he's maybe he's the Heisman Trophy winner, too, if he has that type of a year. Um, I'm curious how much of a believer you are in him as far as that goes. Kyler Murray's been pretty good in the NFL so far. Seems to have a higher ceiling than what Baker Mayfield does. Although Baker led his team to the playoffs last year, a lot of people think this is going to be a make-or-break type of year for him um, as far as the caliber of quarterback he is in the NFL with all the weapons he has around him in Cleveland. What do you think about Rattler? Is he uh, – Is this, or I guess where I'm kind of leaning is how much of this is like the Lincoln-Riley system type thing versus Spencer Rattler is the actual player. Where are you at there? I'm more towards the player than the the system. And the, the, the reason I say that, uh, Chris, is more because of history. Like, when you got two guys, number one overall picks in, in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, I mean, these guys have proven uh, that they can win in the NFL. And they were both obviously undersized. And a lot of people thought that they were system guys. They didn't flame out. And they were still number one overall picks. This was not like Jason White coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, these were guys that, you know, in their own rights have proven themselves thus far, like you said, in the NFL. So I lean more towards the player, 
But I agree that Spencer Rattler is much greener than either of those two guys were. Like, I want to see what he can do this year. He's going to have a, a younger group of wide receivers um, and a lot of new faces there that he's going to have to be the leader on that side where last year he kind of stepped into, you know, a group that kind of um, was able to handle itself, a strong offensive line, all those different things. But now we see what he is as a leader. We see how he is when he's with the wide receivers who he doesn't really know as well. And I want to see what he what he does in that situation. There's no doubt that Lincoln Riley's system is outstanding, and it could make probably you or I look halfway decent. <laughs> but uh, Spencer Rattler is still a guy who might have the highest ceiling of those three in terms of just pure athleticism, in terms of you know what he can do, his footwork, his mobility. Uh, it may be the highest ceiling of those three, and that's what probably has scouts excited as much as anything. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I don't disagree. He he made he made some plays, you know, in the last month of the season last year that really just were, I, and they they scare me too. Here's here's the problem I have is an Iowa State fan, Pete. This is going to be Iowa State's best team in the history of the program, even if they go ten and two, which would be a disappointment to many. Uh, I th- I still think this is the best football team Iowa State has ever put on the field in the modern era of college football. Every time I say that, mm-hmm. I'll have some guys from like the 70s email me, and I, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I think <laughs> this could be the best Lincoln Riley Oklahoma team, too. And that's the problem. They yeah. actually play defense now. Yeah. Um, they've got a really good job on that side of the ball. It's what I was trying to tell people all last year um, that they it was a different type of Oklahoma. Really, after they lost in Ames, they tightened things up, they got better. Do you feel that way too? Uh, I'm not saying Iowa State can't beat them. I mean, I, I, that's going to be a. Uh, hopefully, they play twice, and I think those games will both be really close. But I do, um, I do fear that on Iowa State's best opportunity, man, that's going to be potentially a historical type of Oklahoma team that could compete right there with the SEC champ or even Clemson to to play for a college football playoff championship. You're exactly right. I, I, and that's why um, I know Iowa State fans are looking for sympathy, but I feel bad for them for this reason. They're going to have a two-year stretch here that'll probably be, like you said, the greatest two-year stretch in Iowa State football history. Definitely modern day, maybe ever. I'll let the uh, you know the old heads debate that part of it. But I think about last year, having no fans um, in the stadium at Jack Trice during this great season, I, I felt for Iowa State fans at that moment. And now I feel for him this year because of what you're talking about right now. Oklahoma's finally figured it out on defense with Alex Grinch. And they have a guy last year was the year to get him with a freshman quarterback. And nobody got him. They still won the Big 12. And they won the Big 12 championship. And nobody could pick him off. So this year it's going to be even tougher with that defense getting better, with Rattler having a year under his belt. So here's the scenario for Iowa State if they want to get to a college football playoff. Obviously you win every game. Um, but you split with Oklahoma just because I can't see it, see them beating the Sooners twice in three weeks. But what you want to do is you want to lose the regular season game and then win the conference mm-hmm. title. That's got to be the order. There's no way that they beat them in the regular season and then lose the Big 12 title game and get to a playoff unless it's just chaos all over the country and two Big 12 teams get in. That's the ideal so, scenario, I believe, for the Cyclones because I can't see them beating them twice. You're painting a scenario where Iowa State could go 12-0 and in the regular season and not make the playoff. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, because you know, you know, you know, a one loss Sooners team with a big 12 title yeah. will get in over a one loss Iowa state team. That, they, there's no doubt. I mean, they, they'll and, do that. And they probably should if they had the most recent victory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Would. I mean, that's the other part of it. They'll have the most recent win. Yeah. And you know, I hate to put it like this, but I'm pessimistic on this whole playoff format and brand names, brand names matter. So if you have a conference title and you've got the brand name and you've got the most recent win, there's no way that Iowa state would get in. Um, I mean, unless it was something crazy, like they won the regular season game by four touchdowns, then lost on the last second field goal. But even then I think the Sooners get in Pete Mundo, Heartland college sports.com. Check them out. He also does a great podcast. Um, last thing I have for you is I don't know what to think about Texas. I, I, I have no idea. I really don't. I, I thought I had a better, better handle on them in the Herman years. I mean, like the, that I've been doing this long enough. Usually a program like that, they're not lacking talent, right? This isn't when Matt Campbell took over Iowa state, but so like, I expect Mm -hmm. a little bit of a bounce, but they haven't been bad. You know, like that's the thing. Like they, they haven't been bad under Herman. So like a bounce, what, what, what does a bounce mean for Steve Sarkeesian 10 and two? Like, could they do that? Like where, where are you at on the Longhorns? I have no clue what to expect from this football team. I, I mean, you're right. They could win six games and I'd say, okay, all right. They won six games. Uh, they could win 10 games and I probably can find you a reason why I uh, justifying they'd win 10 games. You know what I mean? Um, I, I didn't get the firing of Tom Herman. I, I thought that especially after the Alamo bowl, uh, he had deserved another season, at least one more year, but it sounds like the more people I talked to things had just gone downhill behind the scenes way more than any of us outside the program realized. But uh, it's interesting, too, because you can make a strong case that uh, – and why am I blanking on his name? Connor, your kicker up there. Connor. Connor is Game-winning field goal. Yeah. Yeah. He got Tom Herman fired. I mean, seriously, because if they got to a Big 12 title game, which they uh, likely would have had they won that game, you can't fire a guy that gets to the Big 12 title game twice in three years. You can't do it. So Connor Sally, with that field goal at the end of that game last year, got Tom Herman fired. Now, as for Steve Sarkeesian, I, I mean, I've been more impressed than I thought I would be. I, I didn't really get it based on his history. But, I mean, we've done this for the last three hires. Oh, look at this coach. Spring practice going great. Look at the staff he's put together. Now, the Alabama pedigree is worth something. These guys under Nick Saban is worth something more that Strong and Herman didn't have. But I just, with Texas, I'm so over it where I got to see it to believe it at this point. That's that's it. I mean, I see they had, um, you know, the, I think the second most guys Texas. in the Big 12. We're also sick I, of Yeah, hype. exactly. Yeah, I get it. The I'm, hype. I'm the same way. But then, like, and I was like that last year going in with them. and then, But then I'm like, well, now they've got a new guy and maybe. But it's it's been the same thing for so, really since Mac Brown won a championship. We've been in this Texas hype spin with, with that. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we're on the same page. Pete, that's all the time I got for yeah. you. I uh, appreciate you as always. HeartlandCollegeSports.com. If you're a Big 12 fan, it's the best place to go on the internet. I go there every day. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate you, man. Chris, thank you, man. Have a great day. Pete Mundo right there uh, joining us here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We'll have him on again later on as we approach the – Man, believe it or not, like the media days and stuff are going to be around the corner. Uh, the preseason magazines will start to come out just about a month from now. I think Athlon. Actually, I think Athlon comes out this month. Um, I'll get one of my editors on 
on the program to talk about that. But yeah, that, that one comes out in a couple of weeks, I believe. So get ready. It's around the corner. All right. Uh, we'll get Ross back in right after this here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.